So Tamjin's Anda decided to raid Tamjin. Since Tamjin didn't prepare for this raid and his army was outnumbered, Tamjin lost the battle and fled. Tamjin's Anda captured many followers of Tamjin and decided to penalize them without mercy. He asked people to set up boiled water and threw many prisoners into the hot water. Though killing prisoners was common on the steppe, boiling them alive was far beyond tolerance. Many followers of Tamjin's Anda started to doubt this brutal leader, and many of them decided to follow Tamjin instead. So although Tamjin lost the battle, he gathered even more followers. But still, his army was not strong enough to revenge. He needed to wait for chance. Back to the Tartar clan who murdered Tamjin's father. They had a long-term collaboration with the powerful Jin dynasty. Jin dynasty resided in the northern part of China and with Beijing as their capital. Although there were also nomad people living in the far north not long ago, they united and became strong enough to occupy a large portion of China. They observed cultures from the south, and they developed agricultural-based economics. Just like the wealthy Song dynasty living in the southern part of China, although the Jin dynasty was still not as rich as the Song dynasty, they had much more wealth than all the clans on the Mongolia steppe combined. The nomad people didn't have stable economics, and they had to trade for goods with the Jin dynasty. Sometimes they chose an easier way to get goods. They sent rangers to raid villages of the Jin dynasty. They robbed and brought back properties from those villages. This became a pain for the Jin dynasty. Though the Jin dynasty had a strong army, it's really hard to trace those small clans on the vast steppe. It would also cost a lot to feed all the soldiers marching on the steppe. So the Jin dynasty collaborated with the Tatar people. They provided the Tatar people with needed goods for free, and in return, they asked the Tatar people to collaborate and beat those clans who raided the Jin dynasty. So the Tatar people is like the safeguard for the Jin dynasty. Many other clans hate the Tatar people because of this. And there were still clans who took the risk to raid the Jin Dynasty for survival. This time, one clan took the risk. Let's call it the Safe Clan so that it's easier to memorize. As expected, the Jin Dynasty worked together with the Tatar people to kick the ass of the Safe Clan. They got a lot of trophies, but this time they disputed on how to divide the trophies. The Tatar people wanted half of the trophies. But the Jin Dynasty disagreed. We are feeding you with free goods all the time, and you are supposed to work for us. Why do you still want trophies? So the Jin's army marched back with all the trophies. The irritated Tatar people did something irrational. They followed and attacked Jin's army from the behind and brought all the trophies back. Jin's army, which is much more stronger than any other clans, chased after. And the Tatar clan had to run deep inside the vast steppe. Many ordinary Tatar people are left behind. So the Tatar clan got trophies but lost people. The Jin's army knew it was too dangerous to continue chasing without enough supply. They decided to use the same strategy, asking one clan to beat another. Tamjin came to their mind. 
Actually, Tamjin also had feud with the Jin Dynasty. His great grandfather was killed by the Jin Dynasty, but he hated the Tatar people even more because his father was murdered by them. So he agreed to work with the Jin Dynasty, and he wanted to get help from all the other clans who hated the Tatar clan. His godfather agreed to help, and the thief clan, who was just beaten by the Tatar clan, also agreed to help. They had a feast together before the military action, but just on that feast, people are drunk. Some accidents lead to the feud between the leaders of the thief clan and Tamjin's people. So the thief clan didn't send the army as promised. But still, the drawn force between Tamjin and his godfather was strong enough to beat the Tatar clan. Tamjin finally took the revenge for his father. He returned to his home with a good mood, only to find that their camp was raided by the thief clan. Tamjin was angry. Come on, we were taking a revenge for you guys, and you stabbed me in the back. Tamjin didn't even rest his soldiers. They marched towards to the camp of the thief clan immediately, and conquered that clan successfully. With two consecutive victories, Tamjin built up a strong army. The fact that Tamjin built everything from nowhere scared other clans even more. The Jin Dynasty also didn't want to see a powerful clan, which could be a potential threat to itself. So the Jin people played another trick. Since Tamjin and his godfather helped the Jin Dynasty to beat the Tatar people, the Jin Dynasty awarded Tamjin and his godfather as promised. But they treated Tamjin and his godfather quite differently. They named Tamjin's godfather Samsnag, the Lord of the North. But they only gave Tamjin a very low rank title. Wait, Tamjin was a point of contact and got his godfather involved. Shouldn't Tamjin deserve more? Yes, he did. But the Jin Dynasty did it intentionally to cast a bomb between Tamjin and his godfather. No one else wants to see their strong alliance. But fortunately, Tamjin was smart enough to understand this. Instead of complaining, he sincerely congratulated his godfather and expressed his gratitude. Tamjin's attitude broke the plot of the Jin Dynasty, and Tamjin even fully utilized his low-rank title awarded by the Jin Dynasty. At least, he's someone who's recognized by the powerful Jin Dynasty, while most other clans didn't have any connections with the Jin Dynasty. And the people on the steps didn't know the meaning of the title, so Tamjin used this low-rank title to summon even more followers. More importantly, Tamjin realized his life-long-term goal. He observed that the Jin Dynasty was so powerful, and they could ask clans on the steps to fight each other just by paying money. And they were nomads, just like the Mongol people not long ago. And they became strong only because they united. So Tamjin decided to unite all the people on the steppe. He started to ask smaller clans to bend their knees, and conquered them if they didn't. Tamjin's ambition alarmed rulers of other clans. So twelve other clans decided to collaborate to beat Tamjin. However, their union was quite weak. They did want to beat Tamjin, but meanwhile, every clan wanted to stay behind the army to avoid sacrifice. So together with his godfather, Tamjin beat the union of these twelve clans without much trouble. After the defeat, all twelve clans tried to flee. Tamjin and his godfather chased behind. 
forgot to mention that the union of the twelve clans was led by Tamjin's Anda, who once beat Tamjin successfully. But this time, he's on the losing side. With this victory, Tamjin gathered more followers and increased the size of his army. Tamjin's godfather also became stronger, and Tamjin's Anda surrendered and bent his knees to Tamjin's godfather. Now there are only three major powers on the step, Tamjin, his godfather, and a clan called Naiman. With an ambition to conquer the entire steppe, Tamjin set new rules for his army. Traditionally, after a small victory, readers would race to loot and grab as much property for themselves as possible. This greedy action makes the entire troop vulnerable to counterattack from the enemies. So Tamjin would allow the army to loot only after a complete victory, and all goods are collected centrally and distributed in an organized way. Widows and children would also get their share, benefiting poor families. Tamjin also reorganized his army into squads of ten, who would live and fight together. Ten such squads formed a company of 100 men, and ten companies formed a battalion of 1,000 men. Tamjin would appoint the leader of each battalion, and leaders of companies and squads are elected by his own people. This cemented the centralized power of Tamjin, and also gave every soldier the chance to be selected as leaders. Both rules annoyed many noble people in the clan, as they no longer had the privilege to lead people and gather wealth. So some nobles betrayed Tamjin and moved to other clans. But most people benefited from these policies and became more loyal to Tamjin. And since Tamjin had conquered many clans, and he mixed people from different clans in each squad and company, in this way, he built a loyal and organized army, consists of people from all the clans. Besides upgrading his army, Tamjin also tried to solidate the alliance with his godfather. He helped his godfather to suppress rebellions and fight common enemies. In return, his godfather highly respected Tamjin and treats him as his own son. This only bothered the only son of Tamjin's godfather, as he saw Tamjin as a potential threat to his succession of his father's kingdom, and he's surrounded by Tamjin's enemies, including Tamjin's Anda and some nobles from the Mongol clan who didn't like Tamjin's new policies. They all wanted Tamjin dead, or at least casted a bomb between Tamjin and his godfather. Tamjin noticed this, and to repair the relation, he proposed a marriage between these two families. On the other side, the son of Tamjin's godfather didn't want this marriage, but he still invited Tamjin to come and discuss this marriage, which would be a great chance to kill Tamjin. Tamjin didn't realize this plot, and decided to come with only dozens of bodyguards. Could Tamjin survive? 